Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.54 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 8th of September 2021. This is episode 473 of Bitcoin, and it's the day after Bitcoin Day. It sure is. And what did we get? (laughs) We got a massive sell-off. That's what we got. You got great big red dildos to wake up to. Actually, we saw that. Well, some people woke up to it. I saw it happening live. This is a sell-the-news event, and we'll get into that and a couple of other things later. Um, is there anything I need to start off with here? No, I don't think so. Let's just, you know, shit, let's plow into it with Aaron Von Weirdum. I think that's how you pronounce his name. It may be Weirdum. I'm not exactly sure. Aaron, if you're listening, let me know how to pronounce your name correctly, please. Good, sir. <clears throat> okay, his tweet. Yesterday, September the 7th. Uh, at 8.41 a.m. Actually, it would have been 9.41 a.m. for me uh, because they're on Mount, El Salvador is on mountain time in the United States. So I am an hour ahead of them or behind. Hell, I can, whatever. Just walked into a McDonald's in El Salvador to see if I could pay for my breakfast with Bitcoin. To be honest, fully expected to be told no. But lo and behold... They printed a ticket with QR that took me to a webpage with a lightning invoice, and now I'm enjoying my desayuno tradicional. So he's got breakfast. And lo and behold, there's coffee. He bought coffee with Bitcoin. Man, I'll bet. I don't know about this. Somebody go check on Roger. I haven't heard from him in a long time, honestly. So yeah, he's got a couple of pictures up here. And uh, indeed, there is a receipt with a QR code sitting on it and it, I guess took him to a took him to a webpage that he could uh you know buy coffee with so or and and some scrambled eggs and what looks to be a, a muffin and possibly some beans which I've never actually seen served at a at a McDonald's but so <clears throat> this you know so it begins now let's pause and take stock of the situation. Yesterday, El, Sal- <coughs> El Salvador uh, adopted Bitcoin as legal tender, fully legal tender. I told you yesterday on the podcast, I told you yesterday, watch out because every single, no matter how minute or large the failure is, with any of this, whether it's a simple merchant that can't, you know, get a phone, or if it's somebody who has a phone and their the Chivo wallet is like, you know, screwing up, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay. It doesn't matter how big or how small. If there is a screw up, the media is going to be on it like flies on shit. 
And we already, we're already seeing it. We'll get into some of that too. But I just wanted to kind of give some, some caveats here because <clears throat> lots of things, lots of things happened when this event triggered or when this event was triggered, a whole lot of stuff happened. Okay, we got an immediate sell-off. Probably knew that was coming. Uh, we've got people in the media that are just bitching and moaning about like these small problems that are going on. Of course, there's going to be problems. Again, it's going to be up to us to actually fight against those problems. So <laughs> let's let's continue on. And let's see what the aftermath of Bitcoin Day in El Salvador holds. El Salvador says merchants must process BTC transactions or they may face action. Oh my God, Cointelegraph uh, Samuel Haig is going to scare the piss out of us. <clears throat> in an interview with local media, Javier Agureta, the legal counsel to the president or presidential house of El Salvador, clarified the obligations of businesses the day before the country's controversial Bitcoin law recognizing Bitcoin as legal tender took effect. The legal counsel to the president of El Salvador has stated that businesses are mandated to accept Bitcoin from customers, but they are able to choose whether or not they will receive BTC or United States dollars once the transaction is settled. According to a rough translation, Argueta emphasized that it is mandatory for businesses to have the electronic wallet to receive Bitcoin. However, in the transaction, you have the will to receive Bitcoin or dollars. That is why it is voluntary. Quote, if you buy, or rather if I buy you 1,000 shirts that cost $200 and I'm going to pay you in Bitcoin, you have the wallet, but in the transaction, when you do it, you have the will to receive Bitcoin or dollars. That is why it is voluntary, end quote. The official added that businesses that refuse to accept BTC will be operating in violation of local regulations. <laughs> How's that not federal regulations? It's the whole damn country. Eh, whatever. ElSalvador.com's story states, quote, According to Argueta, all businesses are obliged to make the transaction in Bitcoin, and despite the fact that neither the law nor the regulations clearly state it, if the businesses does not accept it, it is exposed to referrals of infractions to the consumer protection law. Hmm, okay, sounds scary. The government's Chivo wallet allows users to process transfers in both BTC and US dollars. The wallet is maintained in partnership with Mexican crypto exchange Bitso, which says it is working with California-based crypto-friendly bank Silvergate to facilitate transactions denominated in USD, the app also allows merchants to automatically convert the Bitcoin they receive into dollars. The clarification comes as local businesses are pushing back against language contained in the Bitcoin law that states merchants must accept Bitcoin as a means of payment, with representatives of the private sector pushing for the legislation to be reworded. <clears throat> okay, I tend to agree. Why? Well, because I just think that organic adoption at this stage is going to be a lot more powerful than mandated adoption. I don't like force. I, I, just, I just don't. I don't like forcing people to do shit, okay? Now, <clears throat> given all this, here's what I kind of think is probably going to happen on the street. An El Salvadoran goes up to another El Salvadoran and says, look, I want to pay you in Bitcoin for, I don't know, whatever, like, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. The merchant, the El Salvadoran merchant, looks at his fellow citizen 
and says, I'm sorry, man, I really don't want to do that. The El Salvadoran customer looks at his country person and says, you know what, that's cool, I'll use US dollars. <clears throat> I think that that's actually going to happen more often than not. I do not think that what's going to happen is that the El Salvadoran customer immediately whips out his phone and calls the cops on his fellow countrymen, right? Nobody seems to be talking about, you know, whether, nobody seems to be examining the internal dynamics of the population of El Salvador. That we, when, we're, when we're looking at it, we, as we've been looking at it lately, we've been looking at it from the outside, you know, like we're on the outside and we're looking in and we're somehow or another, you know, not looking at it, looking at the situation holistically, which means taking everything into consideration because we can't. I was not born in El Salvador. I do not know what the general relationship of El Salvadorans are to each other. I mean, do they hate each other? Do they love each other? Do they respect each other? If, if it's the two latter ones, then I seriously doubt that somebody not accepting Bitcoin is, is going to get in trouble. And the reason that I'm kind of for the rewording of the legislation is that force is never good. Right. It, it's, it, it just doesn't work like you think it's going to work. When you try to force somebody to do something, if you're yelling at somebody all the time, it honestly, guys, it, shit like that just doesn't work very well. You think it does sometimes, but honestly, in reality, it, it just alienates people. So I kind of do hope that they reword the, reword the law to make it a little bit less strict when this whole thing first began, you know, we were, you know, under the impression that the legislation was like, look, man, if you don't have the equipment to do it, then you can always use U.S. dollars. Clearly, there is confusion here. And clearly, this, that confusion is exactly where mainstream media is going to be able to try to force their wedge. And they're going to do it in a couple of other places, too. But that confusion, that, those muddy waters... Dangerous waters there, people. El Salvador buys the dip as Bitcoin price flash crashes to 42.9K. Bitcoin holders took profits on Tuesday just as El Salvador moved to recognize the digital currency's legal tender in a landmark move that could have significant implications for global adoption. After hitting local highs north of 52800 on Monday, Bitcoin's price plunged all the way to 42000 900 in Tuesday trading, according to Cointelegraph Markets Pro. Peak to trough, the flagship cryptocurrency plunged nearly 19% over the previous 24 hours. El Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele confirmed that his government bought the dip by snatching up 150 BTC during the depths of the sell-off. As Cointelegraph reported, El Salvador made its first BTC purchase Monday on the eve of the Bitcoin law coming into effect. The initial purchase of BTC was valued at roughly $10.4 million. Less than five minutes after the initial buy the dip tweet, Bukele said that the discount is ending for Bitcoin. He also thanked the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, for helping his country save a million dollars in printed paper on his government's Bitcoin purchase. For context, the IMF has come out against El Salvador's Bitcoin foray. Its warnings about the country's embrace of crypto may have contributed to the recent bout of market volatility. El Salvador now holds 
a total of 550 Bitcoin worth roughly $28.8 million at current prices. Volatility, nothing new for the cryptocurrency market. The collective market capitalization of all coins was cut in half between May and July as a combination of technical trading, profit-taking, fear-inducing headlines dragged Bitcoin from a high near 65,000 all the way back down to 29,000. The market has staged an impressive recovery over the past month with Bitcoin reclaiming $50,000 and some other shit coins are mentioned here and I don't really care about anything but Bitcoin. I just have to get through it. All right, so <clears throat> this is that whole sell the news thing. And you know, when I first got into this, you know, got into Bitcoin, you know, you were always, always going to have to suffer through what traders were saying about how to read charts and this, you know, I don't know, hodl waves and oh, other kinds of waves and, and you know, technical analysis and all this shit. But one of the things that came through was the whole, you buy the rumor, you sell the news. And I was, <clears throat> until yesterday, I was always kind of confused about that. And yesterday confirmed it for me. I had my suspicions of what sell the news actually meant um, previously. But yesterday, yesterday com confirmed my, my thought. Here's what sell the news means. It doesn't matter whether the news is bad, good, or neutral. The minute the thing happens, i.e. the news story drops, the, the Bitcoin bill, you know, <clears throat> triggered the event and became law because it was going to happen at, I don't know, whatever, 3 p.m. You know, the, we knew it was going to happen yesterday. That's the news. It's the event. So you, you buy up, you buy uh, like the preceding event and then at the time of the event, and it doesn't matter if it was a good event, a bad event, you just sell. Now, this is not trading advice. I didn't sell. <laughs> I was not planning. I did not like take my Bitcoin over <coughs> to Kraken or something and then say, okay, man, the, the, the second that UTC, you know, 0000, zero, zero, zero UTC hits, I'm going to sell, you know, sell the top. I don't do that. But apparently that's how this works. So sell the news doesn't matter whether the news is good or bad. It just happened. It's just whenever that news actually happens that confirms the rumors prior to it. So let's do this one. Uh, Mario Gomez Lazada, he's going to be talking on El Salvador's Bitcoin law in this piece by a Bitcoin magazine. Josh Donya is writing it. Uh, it's, an, it's in an interview style, so let's just start here. <clears throat> Mario Gomez Lozada's voice shines like a ray of truth through a fog of misconceptions about El Salvador's Bitcoin law, which goes into effect today. A clear signal amidst the noise of naysayers, his thoughts are sharpened by his experience as an internet finance and technology pioneer and are sincere as they come from a man born and raised in El Salvador. As his insightful Bitcoin Magazine article explained last month, he is excited by the lead his home country is taking as the first in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender. In this interview, he offers further insight into a monetary moment that could reverse the global move away from sound money that started when President Nixon ended the convertibility of U.S. dollars to gold in 1971. First question. As an internet pioneer and expert in the fields of technology, finance, and cryptocurrency, how does this law rank in the list of world-changing events you have witnessed firsthand? 
Answer, to me, this ranks as number two after the invention of Bitcoin 12 years ago. Frankly, as a Salvadoran citizen and someone who's been working in, crypto spa in the crypto space since 2014, this was very huge news for me. Question, with 44% of El Salvador's population being under the age of 24 years, how much do you expect the law to hinge on this group's engagement? Answer, I think this move will impact everyone with a phone. But yes, young people will likely be a major driver toward the adoption of this financial technology. Question, how important is this law's success? Uh, ooh, sorry, how important to this law's success are the people who are sending remittances to El Salvador? Will their willingness to utilize Bitcoin to protect the value of their remittances be a deciding factor in this law's success? So the answer is, I think it'll come down to two things. One, fees, which can be as high as 10% or even 20%, and two, ease of use. However, fees will drive adoption. We're talking about hundreds of millions of USD basically going back to the people of El Salvador. How does El Salvador's history with corrupt politicians influence the people's trust in President Bukele making such a controversial move on the country's behalf? Well, I never trusted any politician of El Salvador. As you said, the levels of corruption are extreme. However, President Bukele is in a league of his own. He has my trust and the trust of over 90% of the population. Probably not, guys. In his time in office, he's done everything right from an outstanding management of the pandemic to education and infrastructure. It's only outsiders that have not lived in El Salvador that are judging him based on his predecessors, and I think that's wrong. But in the end, their opinions are irrelevant to many Salvadorans, including myself. What would you tell protesters who are concerned about Bitcoin's price volatility and the downgrades that have come from ratings agencies since the bill passed into law? Oh, volatility will be no issue as they are not being forced to keep their funds in Bitcoin. They can immediately convert to USD if they wish. Also, you need to understand that these protests are highly political in nature. What would you consider a successful law rollout on March 7th, 2022, six months after the law went into effect? <clears throat> It'll come down to adoption. Bitcoin will coexist with USD in El Salvador. It will take months, maybe years, to be fully adopted, but it'll get there once people realize the benefits. What advice would you give President Bukele as he is weathering the storms of being the first mover in such a world-changing event? I think his instincts as a millennial are in the right direction. Keep on this direction and ignore the naysayers. In the end, time will tell whether these were the right decisions. I believe there is a high chance of success and will likely change the future of the country for the better. What would you tell the leaders of other nations who are considering following El Salvador's lead? Well, Bitcoin is the hardest asset there is, bar none. It not only offers the opportunity to bypass the existing financial system, but it brings inclusivity to all citizens when it comes to financial services. What changes, if any, would you make on the next Bitcoin bill passed by a sovereign nation state? I would say follow the exact same footsteps as El Salvador and go all in. Which country do you think will be next? Probably neighboring countries in Central America will follow, mainly due to the realization of major economical benefits from reduced fees and remittances. Okay, so this guy, by the way, <clears throat> just so you know, the reason we're even talking about him is that here's sort of his bio. He's a finance professional and serial entrepreneur with 20 years of experience in fixed income and currencies and commodities. And in 2014, uh, Lozada founded Liquid.com, one of the world's largest cryptocurrency fiat exchanges. 
uh, serving millions of customers worldwide. So he's been in the he's been in the crypto game, or God, the Bitcoin game for quite a while. He's also this. If I didn't mention it, he's also the CEO of Power Trade. So, and he's yeah, he's in El Salvador. And so we need to really start talking more to people that were born, raised, and live in El Salvador to get a, a better notion of what the hell's going on down there. Okay, you we cannot look into El Salvador and and go, oh, well, we understand what's going on. No, you don't. You don't know the culture. You know, if you don't, you know. There's so much, there's so much there when we say that you don't know the culture, the culture, there's a lot there. It's how they interact with each other. It's how they communicate with each other. It's how they view each other on the street. It's so, it's, it's so embedded that culture is embedded in the very hearts and minds of the people of a country. It doesn't matter what country. So without Boots on the ground in El Salvador, talking to El Salvadorans, we're not really going to know what people are thinking. But we know what Starbucks is thinking. <laughs> they're selling coffee, accepting Bitcoin, and they're doing it in El Salvador. Starbucks expanded its payment services to include Bitcoin in El Salvador on Tuesday. At the same time, the country became first to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender. Although the law stipulates that businesses must accept Bitcoin, many were skeptical that large businesses would be able to integrate Bitcoin payment solutions by the time the law went into effect. To the surprise of many skeptics, Starbucks in El Salvador already can and will adopt Bitcoin payments. Videos on Twitter emerged of Bitcoin transactions in San Salvador on Tuesday. Fast food giant McDonald's also began accepting Bitcoin payments in El Salvador on Tuesday. While McDonald's partnered with OpenNode to provide the payment solutions in El Salvador, it is not yet clear what software Starbucks has integrated to service Bitcoin Lightning payments. Many Bitcoiners are still wondering whether and to what extent the Bitcoin payment solutions will be used by these giant companies outside of El Salvador. It seems unlikely that they would continue to provide superior payment technology solutions to only El Salvador while neglecting to offer services that allow for people to pay in Bitcoin back in the United States. It has yet to be verified whether all other major American companies in El Salvador, such as Nike and Walmart, have also enabled Bitcoin payments. <clears throat> well, according to Aaron Von Weirdham, as of today, Walmart is not accepting Bitcoin payments in El Salvador. And... That will be interesting. I mean, at least that was Aaron Von Weirdham's tweet this morning, as far as near as I can tell. Uh, he's bought, tried to buy a Pepsi, and it just didn't work. <clears throat> they weren't going to accept Bitcoin, which means that the corporation of Walmart is standing well outside the law. Okay, they are, they are basically a, you know, doing stuff against the law in El Salvador. Uh, how is that going to play out? Well, I don't know, man. It's like it's Walmart. You know, at one point or another, you get to a size that you don't have to worry about the law, I guess. Not, I'm not even worried about it because this goes back to, I don't want to force anybody to actually use it. So here's the deal. You had Aaron Von Weirdom walk into McDonald's and just as easy as pie, had a receipt printed out and he paid for the damn thing by taking a picture of the QR code and it sends his, his, you know, light or he sent, gets sent to a lightning invoice that he can easily pay with, you know, blue wallet or whatever it was that he used. Starbucks, there's like, like this piece says, there's several videos spilling out of uh, Starbucks in El Salvador of how easy it is to go in and buy a coffee with Bitcoin. Sorry, Roger Ver. 
what does it mean? Well, this ends up being a Petri dish, i.e. this ends up being an, you know, uh, sort of an experimental incubator. And what, so what happens when all of a sudden Starbucks sees, man, this shit is actually pretty easy. We could do this anywhere. And maybe they will. McDonald's? I mean, I can't imagine their corporate board sitting around not watching this to go, okay, well, now we have a chance to actually see what's happening because they are being forced forced to do it in a way. Although Walmart isn't doing it, so McDonald's is, you know, kind kind of a large corporation themselves and they've chosen to do it. So Walmart may be looking at what Starbucks and McDonald's are doing and go, you know what, this isn't all that hard. We could just do this. And that's why I really like the thought of more organic adoption rather than mandated slash forced adoption. So that's sort of where I'm coming from. All eyes are on El Salvador and you'll see more of that. But first, let's run the numbers. Looks like energy markets are recovering. Flammable liquids are on fire this morning. West Texas Intermediate up one and one-third point to $69.25. Brent North Sea recovering as well, just over a point, $72.47. Oh, God, $72.47 for Brent North Sea. Uh, Natural gas is also up 1.6%. Four dollars and sixty-four cents buys you a thousand cubic feet of that, and gasoline is standing at two dollars and fifteen cents a gallon on the futures. That is also up a full percent. Gold recovery. Well, shiny metal rocks are not really doing all that much, but they're kind of in the green. Gold is just under, and I mean by ten cents, under eighteen hundred dollars, seventeen hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety cents. That is a point zero eight percent rise. Silver pretty much doing nothing. It's staying flat. $24.37. Platinum is up a third of a point. Copper has fallen by one and a quarter point. Palladium is up one third of a point. Agricultural futures are all up. Uh, Let's see. Is there anything interesting here? No, not really. Everything is under a point, but, you know, doing doing okay. Uh, Indices, Dow futures, the market's moving sideways today uh, after, you know, yesterday because everything got hit yesterday, like everything. It was weird. Dow futures down 0.03, S&P futures down 0.03, NASDAQ futures down 0.06, S&P mini down 0.04, and real money coming right at you with the price of $46,199. You know, if I have to suffer the slings and arrows, for the rest of my life on price crashes, I will do it because it's like, oh, look, it went from a from three dollars to and it crashed back to a dollar. Oh my God! And then it went up to ten and and crashed back down to five. And then it went up to a hundred and crashed back down to fifty. That's a fifty percent loss. It's like, dude, do you, can you see a trend? I do. Two hundred and sixty-seven thousand transactions performed in the last twenty-four hours. With that, well, okay, well, that means that about 11,000 transactions are happening every hour. We are still sub 1 million Bitcoin being sent in the last 24 hours, 675,000 of them, in fact, as 28,136 BTC being sent every hour on the hour with 2.52 BTC being the average transaction value, median transaction value 0.02 BTC, about $931. Block times are pretty 
target, you know, pretty right on target, 10 minutes and eight seconds with 0.13 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis, 18.74 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. And with a 6.62% drop in hash rate, we are back down to 138.8 exahashes per second. And your shitcoin indicator is Doge, which with everything else got its ass handed to it. 0.24 US dollars or 24 cents. <clears throat> now, Clark Moody's dashboard. 10,200 transactions are waiting on five blocks to clear. We have a market capitalization of $878 billion, which is back down to 7.48% of gold's total market cap. And we are now only able to buy 26 ounces of shiny metal rocks with our one Bitcoin, of which there are 18 million. 810,010.25 BTC in circulation. 2,400.35 of those are in the Lightning Network with a total capacity value of $112.1 million. That's being run over 15,002 nodes with 68,873 channels that we can see. Tor capacity is holding at 74.8%, so we're still almost at a full 75, a full three quarters of the Lightning Network being run over Tor, and that uh, means that there's 1,795.3 BTC in the Tor side of the Lightning Network being run over 9,629 nodes that we can see. Clark Moody has a price of 46,660 for Bitcoin. Just in case you were wondering, that's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the morning roundup. And we're going to start this one off with a reminder piece about the Adopting Bitcoin conference in San Salvador and El Zante. <clears throat> okay, so I talked to, about it uh, yesterday. I read the Galois uh, piece that was given to me by uh, Ideas Are Like Ideas Are Like Flames, I think is, is who it was that sent it to me. But Nick Hoffman's doing his own write-up of it. Let's see if there's anything different in this one. Uh, this is Bitcoin Magazine, by the way. In El Salvador and El Zante, the three-day Bitcoin and Lightning Conference adopting Bitcoin, a Lightning Summit in El Salvador, is set to be hosted this November. <clears throat> this conference will be presented by Galoy, and the aim of the conference is to help cultivate and strengthen Bitcoin adoption in the country. The team has stated that this event is not-for-profit, and that 100% of the proceeds will be going towards Lightning Network development. The conference will feature an impressive list of speakers, such as the Human Rights Foundation's Chief Strategy Officer, Alex Gladstein, podcaster and incoming Managing Director of Swan Bitcoin International, Stephen Levera, and the advisor to the President of Colombia, Judy Castro Sierra, who has made extremely bullish comments on Bitcoin in the past. The event will also feature educational tracks, <clears throat> demos, and hands-on workshops available in both English and Spanish. Day one of the conference will feature a Lightning 101 workshop, a tech-slash-developer track, and an economics track. The second day will focus on the same exact topics as day one, but day three will offer an immersive Bitcoin cultural excursion. On this day, attendees will get the opportunity to meet the locals in El Zante, who started the famous Bitcoin Beach. The final event of the conference will be a party celebrating the action, 
activation of Taproot. You can read about more about Taproot activation here, but we won't. El Salvador has attracted the attention of many all over the world with many Bitcoiners even visiting El Zante to see Bitcoin Beach in person. The nation's adoption of Bitcoin has brought a little confusion about the role of Bitcoin and how to use it. This conference seems to be the perfect place for El Salvadorans to attend and learn about all the ways they can use Bitcoin and take advantage of the benefits it can provide them. So remember, this, in fact, is going on November 16th through the 18th. So if you have the mind to get on a plane, because it's a, it's a long drive from where I'm at, if I were to drive to El Salvador from the Amarillo region, it would take me 41 hours, according to Google Maps. Not impossible. It's definitely doable. But man, 41 hours in a car for a couple of days. Oh. And I don't want to fly. Somebody please build a functional, you know, railway from, you know, Dallas, Texas to, to like uh, San Salvador or something like that. I, I, I would jump on a train in a heartbeat. But getting on a plane right now kind of makes me a little ill. Speaking of making me a little ill. Here we go with Decrypt. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, let's let's caveat why I'm doing this because Decrypt has become just a real shitcoin mag lately. Th- these are these two stories I'm about to read are prime examples, absolute prime examples of how the media is going to try to destroy the idea of Bitcoin becoming an option for El Salvadorans. Decrypt doesn't like Bitcoin any longer. There are you know they used to. A long time ago, but now all they give a shit about is, you know, two-dimensional NFTs that have no functionality and every shitcoin ICO under the sun. That's all they care about. So they will do whatever they can to destroy Bitcoin. They are going to be part of the media onslaught that looks at every single possible mistake or failure state or whatever, and they're just going to jump all over it as if that's going to do something. Just be prepared for all the media outlets to do, have the following takes. El Salvador's Bitcoin play starts with the price crash and technical difficulties, says Jose Antonio Lanz from Decrypt. <clears throat> the labor pains associated with Bitcoin becoming legal tender in El Salvador have been rough. Protests in the streets, critics arrested by police without charge rebuke from international organizations and a state of national uncertainty have set the tone over the last 90 days ever since President Bukele set the country down this path. But now that Bitcoin is officially legal tender in El Salvador, the first few hours of the experiment's life have not been pleasant either. Starting with the market's apparent reaction to today's launch, Bukele last night announced the purchase of 200 Bitcoin uh, and revealed that the country had already purchased 400 BTC for its reserves. At the time, the price of Bitcoin was above 50,000 per coin, approaching 53,000, seemingly buoyed by the enthusiasm. But hours later, Bitcoin plummeted by more than 10%, handing El Salvador its first few million dollars in losses as a result of the assets' volatility. Oh, och, the horror. Bukele responded today by saying he bought the dip, adding 150 more Bitcoin to the country's stash for a total of 550 BTC. 
Beyond the <clears throat> market's movements today, El Salvador's first day with Bitcoin as legal tender has been marred by technical difficulties. Oh my, the government's official Bitcoin wallet, known as the Chivo wallet, is currently unavailable on the official Android app store. So those looking to use it must turn to third-party stores with less transparent security policies. The government is recommending that its citizens use Huawei's or Huawei's, however you pronounce it, their, uh, their app gallery, whatever. It, earlier today, however, Apple released the link for Chivo Wallet on iOS. But anyone who has managed to download the wallet <clears throat> through a third party has by now discovered that the wallet has stopped working. <clears throat> oh my. According to Bukele, the Chivo development team decided to pause the wallet's operation to update the servers in anticipation of the heavy workload ahead. Quote, any data you try to enter at this time will give you an error. The system is offline while the capacity of the servers is being increased. It's a relatively simple problem, but it can't be fixed with the system online. In the meantime, users can turn to their Bitcoin wallet of choice, though they won't be eligible for the $30 in Bitcoin gift that the government is offering them. That's only available to Chivo users. But those lucky enough to claim those $30 worth of Bitcoin won't be able to swap it for U.S. dollars, according to local reports. Instead, they will have to use the funds in affiliated markets, according to statements from the Chivo wallet team shared by local news outlet Factum. Okay. Yeah, so nothing new here. You're, you're going to roll out something that's technical in nature for the first time? at a country scale was there actually <clears throat> was there actually anybody out there that didn't think that there was going to be problems was there actually somebody walking around going oh yeah this there's not going to be a single problem here i'd like to meet that person and throw them off of a bridge because they are of no use to the human race honestly dude now it gets even worse from decrypt and this time from scott Cipollina. El Salvador forced through its Bitcoin law by any means necessary. And I love the subtitle. El Salvador's Bitcoin law came into effect yesterday after being embraced by El Salvador's authoritarian president, <clears throat> Nayib Bukele. I'm telling you, this is not going to end. Okay, the, the is, I mean, Forbes is going to do it. Business Insider is going to do it. Financial Times is going to do it. MSN. Yahoo Finance, CNBC, Bloomberg, you name it, you name the outlet. And all they're going to talk about, at least 80% of all the pieces that are going to come out of those outlets about El Salvador is going to be shit just like this. I don't know if Bukele is actually authoritarian. Have you met him? Do you live in El Salvador? Has he done an authoritarian thing to you? I guarantee you hardly anybody actually knows except those people that are in El Salvador. Like I said, we need more people who actually live in El Salvador to be talking to us. And I don't know where to get to that. Anyway, El Salvador's Bitcoin law went into effect on Tuesday. Bitcoin's loudest advocates have celebrated the country's total embrace of Bitcoin, claiming the cryptocurrency will usher in a new era of financial freedom for the country. President Nayib Bukele ceremoniously purchased 400 Bitcoin worth a little more than $20 million for El Salvador to usher in the new law, but not everybody is celebrating or praising President Bukele. Salvadorans living there say the new Bitcoin law has already brought out the worst in the president's already well-documented authoritarian tendencies. 
Quote, the government has harassed big business and small business alike. They've sent government agents to inspect businesses to ensure they are following labor regulations just because C-level executives have said negative things about the Bitcoin law. One local business person told Decrypt on the condition of anonymity. We don't know who this person is. Yeah, this is the story about El Salvador that Bitcoin maximalists don't want you to read. I'm a Bitcoin maximalist and I'm reading it to you, so fuck off. Last month, President Bukele said Bitcoin would not be forced on anyone. Quote, <clears throat> if someone wants to continue loading cash, not receive entry bonus, not win over customers who have Bitcoin, not grow your business and pay commission on remittances, you can keep doing it. But that's not quite true. A short clause in the legislation itself shows that acceptance of Bitcoin is and will be compulsory. Quote, every economic agent must accept Bitcoin as payment when offered to him by whoever acquires a good or service, reads Article 7 of the Bitcoin law. That's not the whole article, by the way. Quote, it crushes my soul to see Bitcoin maximalists around the world cheering this when if they actually sat down and read the law and regulations, it is completely opposite to everything they preach. The local business person who is unnamed told Decrypt. <clears throat> President Bukele's legal counsel is doubling down on their position as well. In an interview on Frente a Frente, a Salvadoran news program, Javier Ar Javier Argueta said that business people who don't use the Chivo wallet will uh, facilitate or which will facilitate Bitcoin transactions in El Salvador will be subject to sanctions. The forced opposition or adoption of the world's leading cryptocurrency has also sparked hefty criticism among citizens. Yeah, probably all unnamed. Bukele's government has been swift to silence these critics too. Really? Where's the fucking proof? Six days ago, police arrested Mario Gomez. Oh, here we go. Here's the proof. A vocal critic of Bukele's Bitcoin law. Law enforcement alleged the activist was being investigated over allegations of financial fraud, but the police failed to produce an arrest warrant at the time. Quote, the police doesn't have to take anyone to court. They just scare one of the vocal dissidents with kidnapping him in a couple of hours or a couple of days, another local business person told Decrypt. Again, on the condition of anonymity. They quote, the police kidnapped Mario. He was arrested without a judicial order, they added. Gomez's legal counsel, Otto Flores, reportedly said it was not clear why Mario was handcuffed and was taken away by the police without knowing what he is being accused of, adding that the arrest was arbitrary. Though the crypto community has embraced the Central American country, Bukele doesn't quite fit the mold of the freedom-seeking leader Bitcoin enthusiasts have championed. Last week, for example, El Salvador's courts ruled that Bukele can serve two consecutive terms, a decision that was slammed as unconstitutional by the United States and other foreign powers. Jose Miguel Vivanco, a vocal critic of Bukele's government, tweeted yesterday that Bukele is dismantling the institutions of democracy faster than Hugo Chavez did in Venezuela. Ooh, man, slamming him, bro. What's next? If we are guided by the history of Venezuela, censorship of the press, restrictions on civil society, total impunity for human rights violations, arrest of opponents, and electoral fraud, he said, Unfortunately, El Salvador's slide to authoritarianism is not new, and some of what Vivanco has uh, described has already happened under Bukele's watch. Quote, the path Bukele is making or marking with his words and deeds passes through all the stages used by populist leaders on their way to the establishment of totalitarian regimes. Steve Hankey, professor at 
Johns Hopkins University told Decrypt. Oh, Mr. Hankey. Yeah, he's he's back. He's back in the uh, he's back in it today. The Economist Democracy Index of 2020 defined El Salvador as a hybrid regime, meaning that the government is only one category above an outright authoritarian regime and well below full democracy. The report is littered with poor scores on a variety of political cultural assessments behind which are a highlight reel of Bukele's heavy-handed political decisions. In February 2020, armed soldiers and law enforcement accompanied the president into El Salvador's parliament. Bukele demanded lawmakers approve his proposal for a $109 million loan that would fund military and law enforcement. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Bukele has repeatedly shown a disdain for human rights, detaining people arbitrarily in containment centers in conditions that risk their health. Police were also caught brutally beating an 80-year-old man for allegedly not complying with COVID-19 requirements. Jesus, have you been to fucking Australia lately, people? Yeah, it's a lot worse over there. Not that this, you know, if this is true, it's not good still, though. Hey, whatever. Bukele had previously explicitly instructed police to be tougher with people violating the quarantine and that he would not mind if law enforcement bent someone's wrist during an arrest. And El, <clears throat> El Salvador's Bitcoin experiment has been public knowledge for months, but a lot remains to be seen. An investigation by Decrypt showed that Strike, a central partner to El Salvador's Bitcoin embrace, did not have the necessary licenses to operate legally. To date, Strike has not responded to Decrypt's request for comment. You know why? Because Decrypt, and I know that I'm reading it, Jack Mallers is not going to respond to your ass. You know why? Because you're a piece of shit publication. You hate Bitcoin, and I wouldn't respond to your ass either. Fuck off, dude. In May, the United States named five of Bukele's closest aides, including his chief of cabinet, Carolina Racinos, and Regalio Rivas, a former minister of justice and public security, as corrupt. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you taken a look at the United States Congress lately? I wonder how many... Whatever. As... Mr. Hankey told Decrypt, Bukele may have gained substantial notoriety through his Bitcoin plans, but this is just one step in Bukele's much broader scheme, namely his rush to obtain absolute power. I wonder if Mr. Hankey has ever even sat down with Bukele. I don't know if any of this shit's true. You know why? I'm not in El Salvador. I'm not in the cabinet. I'm not close to the cabinet. I, I don't know if this is true or not. Everything needs to be taken with criticism and everything need or uh, as with skepticism, sorry, everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt right now. But this this shit, these two pieces that I just read to you, yeah, get ready for a whole lot more of that crap. <clears throat> now, moving on from El Salvador, that's sort of like, you know, we, we're coming back out of El Salvador, but we are going to drift across the Atlantic. <clears throat> to Africa and Nigeria. Apparently, Nigeria has blocked access to bank accounts and other services for the unvaccinated. I ask again, when is it too much? Where is your red line? Hashtag no vaccine, apartheid, hashtag resist. This is Majid Nawaz, M-A-A-J-I-D-N-A-W-A-Z. And yeah, Okay, so if you're unvaccinated, you just lost you just lost your bank account. I don't know if you lost your money, but if you're in Nigeria, you're you're hosed. Nigeria, this is not the way. 
but they're going to keep on going. Asato Ava Nemoyo has this part from uh, Cointelegraph Project Giant. Nigeria's CBDC set for pilot rollout on their Independence Day. <clears throat> after four years, let's see, hold on. Yeah, after four years of development, the Central Bank of Nigeria is set to roll out its digital currency project. The launch will reportedly happen on the occasion of the country's 61st Independence Day celebration on October the 1st. Nigeria's central bank digital currency project comes with significant anti-crypto policies from the CBN and negative cryptocurrency sentiments from several government officials. The digital Naira is also coming at a time when its fiat counterpart has plunged to new lows with the central bank enacting even tighter Forex restrictions. I'm just going to end it there. So they are fixing to roll out their central bank digital cuckbuck, right? And at the same time, right before they just tell anybody who hasn't been vaccinated and can prove it that they just lost their bank access. Is it possible that they were going, you know, how, how can we stop a run on the banks with our currency just, you know, getting pummeled on the open markets? How can we do that and not make, oh, I know, oh, I know, we'll, we'll make the World Economic Foundation or the World Economic Forum the IMF, the UN, and we'll make them all happy. And we'll tell them that, you know what, we're taking vaccinations very seriously in Nigeria. And we're just going to cut off your bank access. That might actually have something to do with the plunge of the Naira in Nigeria. I'm, I'm just saying it's not outside the realm of possibility. Moving on. SEC threatens to sue Coinbase over crypto yield program that it considers a security. Brian Armstrong cries again. Brian Quarmby has it for Cointelegraph. The United States Securities and Exchange Commission has reportedly threatened to sue Coinbase over a crypto yield program it deems as a security. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong tweeted on Wednesday that there has been some really sketchy behavior coming out of the SEC recently before launching into a 21-post thread detailing the SEC's dealings with the firm. Armstrong explained that the crypto exchange approached the SEC earlier this year to brief the enforcement body over the up-and-coming Coinbase Lend program that intends to offer 4% annual yield returns on deposits <clears throat> of the USDC coin. According to the Coinbase CEO, the SEC responded by telling the firm that the lending program is a security without any explanation and threatened to sue if the service was launched. Quote, they refuse to tell us why they think it's a security and instead subpoena <clears throat> a bunch of records from us, which we comply, demand testimony from our employees, and we comply, and then tell us they will be suing us if we proceed to launch with zero explanation as to why. Well, you can cry harder, Brian. Honestly, I don't give a flying shit. Okay, that is, act I'm just going to wrap it up there. It's going to be, this is going to, you know, it's kind of a shorter show. I got some stuff that I got to do, so I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.